Cuphead and all hope listeners, you're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya folks, Old Man Grognard here. It is Thursday, got a show tonight, sitting here eating my breakfast. <laughs> got some Belvita biscuits here that I'm munching on. And I hope you're all doing well. This is kind of a... This is, I'm not saying it's an email show, but it's a reply show. It is. And so, first off, we have an email, not an email, but a voicemail from Tim Shorts at Gothridge Manor. Go ahead, Tim. Hey, Glenn, this is Tim Shorts from Gothridge Manor. I use my Mega Dungeons, like how you suggested. I kind of, uh, I can't tell you how many times I've kind of taken sections of Barrow Maze and put them in different places and and had it like maybe not so much a reoccurring thing but just this this thing down there that they're not really sure what it is i've uh also used uh what was the one called um i think it was under mountain actually that was years ago and that was always an adventure that the players knew was out there and they kind of sampled bits and parts of it but there's always, a, I think back then I always played one entrance for that one where Barrowmaze had different entrances, so people ended up going from different sections from different entrances. So it makes the bar, it makes Mega Dungeons a little bit more digestible for me, my, you know, from when I GM. So, all right, Glenn, keep up the great work. Thank you very much, Tim. I appreciate that. Yeah, chopping them up are fun. Uh, Barrowmaze, you know, I was thinking about what if you chopped up a Mega Dungeon, say like Rapanathuk. And say you take one level and you just chop it up into different areas in your world and break them up into like, say, five to 12 different sizes, no more than like 12 rooms, maybe 20, who knows, and just put them in different parts of your world, all interconnected by some kind of portal. And so they think they're in one dungeon, but they're actually in 12 or so. And, you know, they pop out of one and... Yeah, they all have like an exit to the outside, but they also have portal to the other dungeon. Say it was set up by somebody like a man mage or something like that, where they're all interconnected because he didn't want to. It was kind of a, a fail safe for him in case he got into trouble or anything. So they'd have fun with that. That's one way to do a mega dungeon. And also that way, if they pop out in a different area, they can have wilderness adventures and other adventures like that and then find another one or go back to the same one. And do it like that. Knowing my players, they'll probably take over all of them and that would be their base. So, <laughs> thank you, Tim. I appreciate it. I've also got a email from Brian Miller. Hiya, Brian. He says, hey, OMG. Longer time listener, first time responder. Well, you're always welcome. I really enjoy listening to your podcast on Anchor, though I have to use my podcatcher as the Anchor app and I don't get along very well. Yeah, I've, I've heard people have had problems with the Anchor app, and I'm sorry to hear about that. So Anyway, I'm responding to your episode about your friendly or not-so-local game store. Yes, I remember that episode. I'll share a pair of stories with you. I got back into gaming after I got married, starting out with fantasy minis. One Sunday afternoon, I convinced my wife to go with me to check out a newly opened store. We were coming in after church, but dressed business casual. There was only one group of folks in the store at the time. As soon as we walked in, we started getting dinner-hard stares as we browsed the shelves. I bought a box of GW figures. Even as I was buying, I felt completely unwelcome. 
I never returned and my wife has no interest in going to any game store. That store went out of business. A new store opened up and I checked it out. They were warm and welcoming. Every one staff person had been engaging and helpful to me and my kids. Amazingly, the second store has now opened two more stores in the area. It's still my go-to store. Anyway, I just wanted to share my experience with you. Keep on sharing your GM tips and thoughts. Thank you very much, Brian. Yeah, I don't know what it is about some game stores where you just get the cold shoulder. Because it's funny that my game store, GameHQ, people have told me about you know, the, the first one you told me where they were just like kind of like off-putting and things like that. People have gotten that out of my game store. I think it depends on the person, too. Because, uh, and also who they got hired at the time. I don't know. I have no idea on that. It is just a matter of, a matter of people, you know. And, you know, the game stores that last, they know how to do it. They know about customer service. These guys over here at GameHQ, as far as I'm concerned, are very, very good at customer service. From Brian, the the lead, all, on, all the way down. I think Ron lucked out in his, in his choice of staff because they're knowledgeable, they're welcoming, they're hospitable to first-time people coming in, and they take their time, they're patient. And I try not to, you know, if you want to sit there and tell a story, they'll listen. I, tr- I don't try to, like, do that do that very often because, you know, I, I know Brian. I like talking to Brian, and, and he tells me some good stories and stuff, and Mike and all them. But I don't like to take up their time if they got other customers in the store, too. So, but they know how to do customer service. That's why Ron and GameHQ has been in business so many years. This other store you're talking about, yeah. <laughs> if I went in there on a street like that, I could see the handwriting on the wall. It says, they're not going to last a year. They're going to be out of business. Nobody's going to want to come into here. Here's the thing with the hobby. You don't be exclusive. You be welcoming. Because it all goes back to the gatekeeping thing again. Oh, they're not gamers. We don't want to have anything to do with them, even though they have money in their pocket to buy stuff. See, you've got to treat people right. If they're not, they don't know anything about it, Educate them a little. If they say, "Oh, I've heard about this role-playing game thing," or, the, or "I always want to, t- I always want to get into war games, but I don't know how to start." And what's this Warhammer thing? You just just explain it to them. And being knowledgeable is your halfway home too, because you can advise them and tell them what to get for a beginner or whatever they need to to do that. And I admire that in a store. I do. I, that That's the kind of thing that keeps me coming back. Even though I'm pretty much a regular and I know, you know what they did have and what they don't have and who to talk to and all that kind of stuff, I sometimes I just like to, I browse, but I like to watch them work with the customers because they do an excellent job as far as I'm concerned. This is what a game store has to do. I mean, come on. It's, you know, it's competitive enough already being a small business owner. But being a small business owner in a somewhat niche market, and I'm talking about games in general. I'm talking about everything from cards to role-playing games to war games to board games, card games, you name it. It's It's an entertainment industry when you come right down to it. And entertainment industries have always gotten to be a little little more on the ball. They gotta run a little faster. They gotta hustle a little more to to bring the customers in and keep the customers they have. That's important. Repeat customers are important. So 
at each store that goes the extra mile that way. I mean, yeah, I've told you I've had a couple, a few problems with them, but it's mostly the way you know they set up and order stuff. And it has nothing to do with the staff. The staff is golden; they're great, and I know the score enough where they can't get me something. It's okay, fine. You know, I gave you a shot at it. If you can't get it for me, I understand. I'll just go online and get it or whatever. And they understand that too. They know they don't keep everything in stock, and it's a it's a pleasure. It is a pleasure going into that store. It really is. It's a lot of fun. So, thank you, thank you very much, Brian, for that that email. That was really really nice. Okay, I'm gonna go start my day. So I want to say we, uh, if you want to talk to me about anything, you can voicemail me on Anchor or email me at, like Brian did at oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We are monetized now for as little as 99 cents. You can support the show and I appreciate it. And I would like to thank my first patron, first patron, Jonathan Dorje Wendell Jessen. I hope I pronounced that right. Thank you very much. You were the first. I'm going to remember you. So, anyway, until I listen, until I listen, until I talk to you next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air.